Today we're going to look at uh, one man, one prayer, one request, and we're going to look at one section of scripture that I believe is very seldom read. Even even people that uh, read their Bibles and they study and they're into detail, a lot of times they get to this section of scripture and they just skip it. It is five chapters of genealogy. The, the writer of Chronicles, he's been going now for about four chapters. And I'll just give you a sense of the kind of reading we're talking about. It says, the son of Judah was Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, Shabal. Reiah, the son of Shabal, became the father of Jahath. And Jahath became the father of Ahumai and Leda. And these were the families of the Zorothites. And if you can imagine reading that section of Scripture, there are over 600 names in those chapters. And I believe as you're reading it, it gets a little numbing at a point. And some of the names are just really difficult to to pronounce. And I think it gets this kind of monotonous feel to it. But what happens is, in chapter 4, in the middle of it, things shift. And it's just two verses, but this one man's name stands out. Scripture says, Jabez was more honorable than his brother. And his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain... Apparently, Jabez's mother gave birth, and it was painful, difficult, had a lot of problems. It was a very painful delivery. And so she named him Jabez, which literally means pain. And so I'm I'm thinking about that. That's this kid's name. He's being called to dinner. He's reminded that he's a pain, you know. I, I imagine mom at a little league game, she's going, that's my pain. There he is, playing first base, you know. And I'm sure his brother, because I had a brother, messed with him. Quit being a Jabez in the neck, you know. I mean, it's a tough start for this guy. He comes into the world, he's identified with pain, but he grows up. And at some point, things change. Jabez lifts one prayer. He lifts one request to a loving, powerful God. I think it's one wonderful display of a faith that leads to these amazing blessings. It's one amazing verse that we find. I mean, it's so amazing that Jabez is remembered not for what he did, but what he prayed. We're going to just read this. It says, now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. One very, very simple prayer. 
And God heard the prayer. And God honored this guy. And when I read this scripture, I find myself going, why? Why? What's so special about that prayer? I mean, when, when you put your life in God's hands, I believe when you follow God, when you honor God, it changes everything. You know, it changes your, your perspective. And, and when you place your future with God, when you really do that, I think you need to be prepared to be amazed. You know, the prayer starts out, it's a very simple ask. He asks for God's provision in his life. He says, God, bless me. You know, would you bless me? How many of you have ever prayed that prayer? I mean, it's a little bit uncomfortable, isn't it? God, bless me. It seems a little bit selfish. It almost seems to go against the So that prayers that we talked about a few weeks ago. But it's not because what's at the heart of bless me, you've got a motive. Jabez prays this prayer. It's a bold prayer. And he says, God bless me. And God does. Let's think about what keeps God from blessing us sometimes. I mean, I think one of the reasons why many times we do not find blessings in our life is we don't ask. You know, James writes and says, you have not because you ask not. We talk about prayer a lot. We even study prayer. But the reality is many times we don't pray. We don't ask. And so the result is that some of the the blessings that God wants to bestow upon us, wants to to give us, they don't happen. Now, I don't know if the thought is, well, you know, God's only got X amount of blessings for me. And so I'm going to be careful how I ask for these because I only got so many, don't want to use them up. Or if in our minds we we think, you know, okay, I'll I'll wait till I really, really need it. And I want to say that's just faulty thinking. It's, It's not true. You know, God is our Heavenly Father, and God wants to pour out blessings in our life. And you might try and get this image in your mind that God has hundreds of blessings, In fact, I would say thousands of blessings. They're all wrapped up. They're all waiting. You know, God is waiting to to bestow them in our lives. And they come in different packages, different ways. But he's waiting for us to trust him. He's waiting for us to have the faith. He's waiting for us to seek him. And I know for the logical mind, some of you are going, well, if that's what God wants to do, then why doesn't he just send him? Well, I think because when you read scripture, God made a very deliberate decision to relate to us by faith. So what happens is when we trust him, I believe he blesses. When we seek him, 
he blesses. When we put God first, he blesses. When we're obedient, he blesses. And so the reality is there are a lot of blessings. Got your name on them. Got my name on them. But God's waiting. He's waiting for us to ask. He's waiting for us to be obedient. He's waiting for us to take a step of faith. He's waiting for us to trust him fully. He's waiting to bless us in amazing ways. I mean, many of you would stand to give testimony to that. When I did this, God responded. I also think we don't ask sometimes because we don't think we deserve it. I have that conversation a lot. People say, God, God's not going to do anything in my life because I don't deserve it. And I want to clear that up this morning. None of us deserve it. In fact, turn to your neighbor and just say, you don't deserve it. You don't. I don't. But here's the deal. God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Why? So, so he could have a relationship with us. I mean, he wanted that. It's not something we earned. We don't deserve it. But God said, I want that. You know, the Apostle Paul, he writes, he says, Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we could ask or imagine. God loves you more than you can imagine. God wants to work in you and through you beyond anything, way beyond anything that you ask or imagine. See, that's a different way to think. It's a different way to live. If you're a Christian, you are a child of God, which means your heavenly father is paying attention to your life. And I don't know about you, but when I read a verse like that, it makes my heart pound. Pound with anticipation. Because there's a piece of me that says, you know what, I want that. I want God to work in me. I want God to work through me. Jabez, he he prays this prayer. I mean, it's wide open. He says, oh, that you would bless me. Bless me. He wants... God to work. He, he's excited. I can sense, sense it in, in the prayer about what God is going to do through him. He's excited about that blessing. See, I believe God's blessings in life is really God's abundance in life. It makes life rich and full. Abundance? Abundance what? Well, abundance in love. Abundant grace, abundant wisdom, abundant opportunities, abundant influence, abundant joy, abundant peace. I I think when you put those kind of things together, pretty soon you go, I got an abundant life, even if things are tough. You know, it's the prayer that, that that he lifts. He says, God, I want you to work in my life. which meant he had to quit living an immature life. He had to stop with the me-oriented life. 
See, when, when you seek God, I think there's a sense. You know what, God? Work through me. Work in me. God, bless me. That feels very, very different. Because it's very God-oriented. And I think when you begin to say, God, you know what? Do whatever you're going to do through me and in me. Bless me. What happens is your perspective changes. And yes, you may struggle in this area or that area. You may have problems. But what happens is you begin to see the blessings that are all around you. You ever met people and you, you kind of look on the surface, you go, man, that's rough. But they'll go, let me tell you how God's blessing me. God has blessed me with this and this. Some people think when you become a Christian that God just blesses. That what happens is it kind of falls into your lap, so to speak. That it's all predetermined. No matter what you do, God's just going to bless you because you're a Christian. And that's not true. That's not true. Blessings come based on faith. Based on faith in life. Faith allows you to see the blessings. You know, Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith. Jabez, he has this kind of faith. And so when he asks, he says, God, bless me. Use me. God honors that. Then he prays and he asks God for his power in his life. He says, it, says, enlarge my territory. That's an interesting phrase. I mean, what's he asking there? He, he is asking that God would exhibit his power in his life, that his horizon would be expanded, that as he is growing as a person and growing in his faith, as he's being stretched, that his influence and his impact would be greater and greater. I mean, he's also asking that his physical territory, the land that he has, that it's expanded. Now, apparently he already had some land. But I can imagine Jabez, he's, he's dreaming. He's dreaming about the possibilities. In fact, you almost can sense him saying, you know, God, if you gave me more, I think I could do something with it. I think I could honor you with it. And you may say, well, how do you know that from that verse? Well, here's why. Because God places him in a position of honor in Scripture. And God answers his request, which tells me that, that Jabez's uh, motives were pure. See, some of you want to have a great faith, but there's something that holds you back. Some of you, I would bet, if we talked, you even know what it is that's getting in the way that's holding you back. I mean, for some, it's selfishness. For some, it's disobedience. For some, it's, it's pretending to be one thing and in reality, you're, you're something else. It's pretending that God's first and reality, that's not true. But God's desire, friends, is to bless you and for you to be a person of great faith. 
You know, I ask people sometimes, they go, you know, I want that. Now, I'll say, well, are you growing in your faith? Can, can you look and say, yes, I'm growing, you know? Over the last year, I've grown. Are you growing as a person? Are you growing in your relationships? Are you growing in your relationship with God? See, you're designed for greatness. God, God created you for a purpose, And I believe that God wants to stretch you in your life. And God wants to enlarge your territory. Make you responsible for more. Give you more opportunities. Why? To make a mark for God. See, it's the so that. Bring glory to God. It gets me looking as I begin to be stretched by God. It gets me looking beyond myself and it broadens my horizon. And it gets me dreaming. It gets me dreaming. I know as I say that and I talk about more responsibility and opportunities, some of you are going, I don't want more territory. I'm worn out with the stuff that I've got at this point. I don't want more influence. And I definitely don't want more responsibility. Here's what happens when God's in the middle of it. When you place God as the foundation of it. As you pray, God enlarge my territory. God increases your abilities. God will give you whatever it is that you need to accomplish whatever it is God has called you to do. He will give you the courage. He will give you the strength. He will give you the endurance. He'll give you the wisdom. He will supply you with the opportunities and the people and the resources. You know, God will work through you. God will work in you. But it takes faith. It takes faith. God ultimately will expand your territory. You're, you're, if you're faithful, if you're obedient and, and follow him, if you're willing to fully seek him and be completely devoted, God will work and you will be amazed. I've seen it personally. I've observed it in people. And God expands. He expands things. It might be at your work. He'll expand your influence at work. Might be in a ministry that you're a part of here at the church. It might be your influence in someone's life. It might be that you start getting more and more opportunities to leverage for God's kingdom. It might be financially. But friends, I will tell you, whatever way it is, get prepared. Because it's more than you can imagine. Way more than you can imagine. Jabez has ambitions. And I know the word ambition, it is a bit suspect in our society. And the reality is that I think for you to have a great faith, you have to have great ambitions. And there are really two kinds of ambitions. One is selfish ambition. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. Everything's about me. Which, I will tell you, usually ends very, very sad. 
And it's almost always very destructive to people around you and to yourself. But then there's holy ambitions. You know, having a great faith to serve God in a significant way, in a great way in your life. Jabez's ambition to enlarge the territory, it's holy. That's why God honored it. You've heard me say, you can't outdream God. Good luck with that. You will never outdream God. Stretch your imagination for a moment. Think about what could God do in your home? What could He do? What could He do in your marriage, in your family? I mean, what could God do in your vocation? What could God do in and through you and in this church? What could God do in this community? What could God do in this world? And here's what happens. See, I think when we hear that, we can imagine. How many of you imagine something? Come on. All right. Here's what I think happens. As we begin to dream dreams, as we begin to imagine what God could do, I think what happens is we start thinking, oh, God couldn't do that. I can't do that. See, culture, I believe, embeds itself in us in such a way that we start going, I don't think I could do that. Faith opens doors. Faith tears down walls. Faith changes horizons. Faith gets you dreaming. See, I'm not just talking about God loving you and caring for you. But I'm talking about allowing God to stretch you, to increase your territory, to increase your influence, maybe at work. God could do that. Maybe in your neighborhood. Maybe in the community. To multiply the impact that you have with your one and only life. Allowing God to use you in ways you never imagined. Or beyond what you imagined. Why don't we live that way? Well, I think several reasons we don't live that way. One, fear. Fear. You look at a situation, you look at a particular area in your life, an area where I believe God wants to expand your territory. An area where God is showing you a new opportunity, an amazing future, the possibilities. And we just go, I, I, I could never do that. It sounds kind of humble, doesn't it? But friends, it's fear. It's fear. It just kicks in. I mean, fear of the risk. Fear of failure. Fear of the unknown. Fear of letting go and letting God. I mean, fear messes a lot of people's lives up. Cheats them. 
You know, faith always has an element of fear. In fact, if it doesn't have an element of fear, it doesn't take faith. You know, faith gets us on the edge in life. It gets us on the edge because on the edge, I've got to trust God. On the edge, I need dependency on God. You know, sometimes we don't take that step. And I'll just be blunt, because we're lazy. Faith requires us to stretch. It requires reaching. It requires expanding. It requires me to push myself out of the comfort zone that we've talked a lot about. You know, the Apostle Paul, he puts it this way, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God and Jesus Christ. Can you sense what's going on there? That, that straining forward in faith. You know, a runner trying to get to the finish line, stretching toward the goal with everything in him. Striving, running, running as hard as you can possibly run toward that dream. God's place. That thing that God has put in your heart. See, dreams, they work you. Dreams challenge you. And as you're stretching, as you're expanding, God is growing you and he's growing your territory, your area of influence in life. Sometimes we're just lazy about it, though. And sometimes I think we don't take that step of faith because the reality is we just think small. We don't understand how big God is, how powerful God is, what we really underestimate what God can do in and through us. Far more, far more, way more, beyond what you can dream, beyond what you can imagine. I mean, how many of you believe that? You know, Jabez uh, prays this prayer. He asks God, he says, God, bless me. God, expand my territory. And as he's praying the prayer, as he's imagining, he's imagining the blessings. He's imagining the opportunities. He's dreaming about what God might do to increase his territory. And as he's thinking about all that stuff, I think it really hits him. I mean, he recognizes that he needs God even more than he did before. You know, he he says, and that your hand might be with me. And that you would keep me from harm. He's thinking and dreaming and everything. And he realizes that he needs God's hand on his life more than ever. As the things amp up. As the territory begins to expand. You know, God's hand, it's a phrase you find it throughout scripture. God's hand was on them. Early church, when it first started, God's hand was on them, protecting them, providing, strengthening, moving, delivering. Jabez is considering the expansion in his life. He's imagining what God could do. 
And I'm kind of reading between the lines here, but I sense him praying. And in his heart, he's like, God, not only do I need you to bless me, not only do I need you to expand my influence, I think I'm going to need you every step as I move forward. I need your presence in my life. I need your power in my life. I need your protection in my life. I want your hand on me at all times, through the good and the bad. And you notice a little, little phrase that's tucked in here at the end of this prayer? He goes, and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm that it may not, what? Pain me. I think he's making a declaration when he says, it may not pain me. Remember, Jabez means pain. He came into the world in pain. Pain is something that had defined him. I believe in this prayer, he's throwing that off. Started out with pain, maybe had a lot of pain in his life. He is reminded every day, someone calls his name, pain. And I think in his prayer, he's saying, no more, God, no more. It is a new day. And it is a new way. And he has this moment of of clarity. This moment of, of definition. And friends, that moment drove him to his knees to pray this prayer. And scripture says that God heard it. And God granted him what he requested. One prayer. One God, one amazing God. And that one request, I think, changed everything. Absolutely everything in in Jabez's life. My prayer has been that all of us have that moment of clarity. Because I know that God wants to bless us. What that means in your life or my life, it's all different. But that God wants to do it. And it's not about it like a competition. The, the fact is, God can work in all of our lives. He can work through all of our lives. He can use us to, to change the world. We're going to close a little bit different today. In fact, a lot of bit different. Everyone should have received uh, one of the steaks. Everybody get one of these? All right. This has been driving some of you crazy. Why do we have the steak? What are we going to do with the steak? Yeah. If you didn't receive one of these, if you just raise your hand, ushers will bring you, bring you one. Um, but what I'm going to ask you to do in the next few minutes is to write two different prayers. And you're going to write them on the, on the card. I've already written mine because I can't talk and write at the same time. So, But... I want to tell you they do not need to be sentences. They could be thoughts. And if your prayer has to do with a person or a family or something, you might want to use initials or, uh, you know, not use last names. Um, That's your decision. But um, 
we're going to use Jabez's prayer as kind of a guide. And the first prayer I want you to write is a personal prayer. And it contains two requests. One of the requests is, God bless me. Now, you can be specific. You could request something that if it happened in your life, that you would go, that's a blessing. And it could be a lot of, lot of different things. You know, maybe you need a blessing in your marriage. Maybe you need a blessing in your family. Maybe you need a blessing for your children or your parents. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a physical blessing or a blessing at work or financially. But what I want you to do is write at least one thing and just say, God bless me, and you put it down. It's between, between you and God, but these are, we're going to do something with these so other people may, may read them. Second thing I want you to request, we're still on the first prayer, and that is, God enlarge my territory. And I want you to think about where your heart desires God to enlarge your territory. You know, to enlarge your influence, to enlarge your impact. Again, it might be in your family that you want God to use you in a significant way. It might be with a neighbor. It might be someone at work, or maybe it's with the company that you work with. Whatever it is, wherever, just just to write it down. Say, God, use me here, all right? Enlarge my territory. Second prayer is a prayer for faith fellowship. Again, two parts to the prayer. God bless this church. God bless faith fellowship. Specifically, I would ask you to ask God to bless us with this new addition that we've been talking about. To ask God to continue to bless. He has blessed us immensely. It is amazing what God has done over the years. But again, to write something down that if it happened, you'd go, that's a blessing for this church. It may be something that you want to see happen with your children that are in the zone, or your grandkids, or something that you want to see happen with a neighbor kid, you know, maybe a kid you have in class or or something. Maybe it's someone that you know desperately needs God in their life. Maybe it's someone that you would love some morning to look out and see them coming across the parking lot to come into the church. Maybe it's somebody that you long to see them in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. But write something down that says, you know what, God bless this church and this is what's on my heart. And here's the last part of that prayer. God, expand Faith Fellowship's territory. Again, God has already expanded our territory in amazing ways. A lot of ways. I could just spend the morning telling you how that's happened. Our influence uh, in this community has grown over the years. I think about when we first started. And people were like, where are they worshiping? What is this new church? You know, I never heard of them. And... Now, that's just not the case. It is much greater than when we started. And just ask God to expand our territory. Expand our influence. 
and again, specifically, literally expand our building. Again, it's not about the building. It's what we'll do in that building. Again, be as specific as you want. Uh, Maybe it's a, a ministry that you would like to see happen in this church that God's just put on your heart. You know, maybe that's the prayer of expansion. You know, maybe it's a child that you want to see in that space someday. Maybe it's a family that you want to see strengthened. But just, God, expand Faith Fellowship's territory and write something down again. And you can write while I'm talking at this point. I I want you to imagine what God could do through that space. You know, I think about some of the things David was sharing earlier of, I think about kids growing up that are in love with God, that are God-honoring in their lives, and that they grow up in this church and they have that as a foundation. Can you imagine... Can you just think for a moment what that would mean when that young man, that young woman, they've had that foundation their whole life now, and they get married. You think that marriage is going to be a little bit better? I do. In fact, I think it would make all the difference in the world. I mean, think about what would happen with their children I think it would be pretty significant. In fact, it's one of the greatest legacies you you can leave behind is that your children and your grandchildren are following in the faith that it assures eternity. Think about the influence they could have on this community. In the government in this world. See, I'm imagining. I'm dreaming. And God says, I'll do more than that. Can you imagine what God could do? Let's take the short term here. Could you imagine what God could do the next five years? Ten years? And we could keep rolling with that. I won't. I almost get overload when I hit that 10 or 15 year point. Think about the number of children that love God and are impacting our world. If you're not sure about that love for God, just stop and talk to our children. There's, they love God. They love God. I'm going to ask the, the band to uh, come join me up here. We're, we're going to continue in worship. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, you can continue writing while they're playing. Uh, if at a point you want to join in and sing, sing. But when they finish the song, we're all going to leave here quietly Your children will be outside the doors. Grab your children. 
They've already, they did steaks last week. Some of them are doing it today. Um, and we're going to go outside. We're going to go out the front doors. And we're going to turn to the right. I'm dyslexic, so I had to do this. You know. But we're going to turn to the right. And we're actually going to go out on the property. And uh, there's a perimeter that's already been built. L- listen to this very carefully. If, if you don't have a problem walking and what have you, go a little deeper on the property and let some of our folks that uh, uh, we help them out so that they can stay up on the, closer to the, to the front. And uh, we're, we're actually we're going to put these stakes in the ground around the perimeter. Uh, when you get out there, just there'll, there'll be hammers and stuff out there. Put them in the ground, and then I'll close this with prayer. And uh, then uh, anybody that's here for Q&A, you can come back in, and um, we're just going to celebrate. I told you it was going to be different, right? And I know some of the analytics are going, wonder if it's raining out there yet. Yeah, so I think we're okay. Yeah, I got a note from someone. They said, you've got connections, don't you? And I said, well, I'm not sure it's going to work. But mm. so, all right. So let's worship together. Let's worship together. <laughs>